You're listening to Brand to Brand, the marketing show. With your hosts, Thomas Sterling. This is the future. This is where everything goes. And Veronica St. Cyr. Why the hell would anybody buy this? An unfiltered conversation on brand strategy. And it worked like crazy. Marketing trends. I think they're in again. And emerging technology. There's going to be big impacts here. You're excited. I'm pumped. (laughs) All right. Let's kick things off. Welcome, everybody, to the Brand to Brand podcast. Uh, it is Veronica Saints here, here in the lead chair. Thomas Sterling might be out of a job. Don't tell him. I am joined today with Kira Liu. Kira is the lead host of 97.5 WOKQ, number one for new country, the biggest country station north of Boston, uh, based in New Hampshire. She's hosted her own podcast, Therapotic. Uh, she is a seasoned public speaker. Uh, she has guest judged and emceed events across New Hampshire. She's introduced major artists on stage. Uh, she has brand partnerships with big name brands such as Duncan and has met every famous person in country radio, including, I think you got made fun of by Keith Urban for your attempt at an Australian accent. He made fun of me, but yet he wanted to hear more of it. So <laughs> do with that what you will. <laughs> Jumping right into our conversation, Kira, uh, I'm excited to talk to you because radio is fascinating for a lot of people. It has this larger than life showbiz element, yet it's featuring stars from your local community. Mm -hmm. So we work together in radio. I came here. We do this podcast. I've wanted to have you on for a very long time for so many reasons other than you being one of my favorite human beings. Uh, Flatterer. Right back at you. Well, thank you. This whole show is just going to be this back and forth. We'll just Just compliment each other. Just a lot of flirting. It's a love fest. Buckle up. (laughs) Um, So on this show, we like to offer unique perspectives, takes, and conversations about branding, technology, marketing trends, really anyone who's in business and marketing as it's evolving so incredibly fast to be able to step outside the box and see something or hear something that they're not exposed to in their everyday life and learn some lessons that apply to what they're doing. So today I'm hoping our conversation helps our listeners do just that and think about what they're doing in branding and marketing and think about their own idea of a personal brand and how you resonate with an audience, especially in a world that's changing so fast in a completely new way. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope I can be of help because I feel like I'm still figuring it out myself. <laughs> we all are. No <laughs> one has figured this out. <laughs> I mean, truly. So starting from the beginning, can you give us background on your career journey, how you landed as the lead host of this huge radio station, and when you knew you could make a career out of your personality? So I think um, from a young age, I knew that I wanted to have a job where I could be creative every day. But I didn't necessarily know what that looked like. So I grew up in a family of thespians. My, my parents owned a community theater in my town. And so they plopped me on stage in their productions, starting at the ripe old age of five. Wow. And hearing the sound of the audience laughing and being like, I made that happen. Like that was, I was absolutely elated. And I was like, this is all I want to do is entertain people and make them happy and remind this, remind them of the lightness of life. Because, I mean, we've learned more now more than ever that um, things can get heavy. <laughs> things can get heavy real quick. So I like to be that light, you know, breath of fresh air for people. I didn't really know what that looked like, though, to be honest with you. I never really felt like, oh, I want to move to Hollywood and be an actress because the instability of it all kind of scared me. Mm. And if we're being really honest, and I think we should, I never really felt like I was I had what it takes to 
to do that. It was always fun for me and a fun mm. expression, but I never was like, I'm going to be a star. <laughs> it was never really like that. But the radio thing was always in the back of my mind. And then I sort of had a little bit of a what now moment mm. when I graduated and took a job cold calling, doing sales. I was just like, well, I don't know what I want to do, but I know it ain't this. <laughs> so I was like, there's got to be something more, I'd say, longingly in my cube. And I got a part-time job as a street teamer for a cluster of radio stations in Boston. Yeah, you're a brand ambassador for a exactly. radio station. That's actually what we call it now, is brand ambassador. Oh, yes, we've elevated it. Yes, it deserves to be elevated. Street team. Street teamer just sounds like almost like you're a groupie in the back of a dirty <laughs> van. You know, like a brand ambassador is like, we're going to take you a little more seriously. Yeah, you're a diplomat. Yeah, kind of like when I was the receptionist, I preferred director of first impressions. I mean, you just want to be elevated and taken seriously in whatever you do. So whatever, I was a street teamer, brand ambassador, ambassador and that from then I heard that they needed a receptionist for the radio station and I was it was a huge pay cut but I knew what it meant I knew mm. it meant that I would be in this building 40 hours a week with people that were doing what I wanted to be doing so quit my software sales job plopped up at the front desk director of first impressions CBS radio oh she still got it and uh kind of befriended all the different morning shows in the building asked them how they got to where they were pitched ideas for bits for them. Sometimes they'd ask me to come on. I became like a quirky front desk girl character. Wow. Yeah. For one particular morning show, the host brought me under his wing and listened to my demo and critiqued me and I changed it and took his notes and gave it to him a few times. And he was like, you're ready, little birdie. Like, send it out. And I heard back from a man named Herb Ivy. Oh, Herb. Who's still my boss today. Yay. Yeah. And a lovely man. Lovely man. <laughs> so I've worked for, I. this is not a common experience in radio to work for one company. I feel really, really fortunate. Mm. And we're closing in on seven years. That's amazing. And I, one thing I also did want to mention, and you talked about your, your upbringing as a thespian. It, you said on your bio, it was your love of theater that led you here. But I particularly loved the part where you said, um, because radio is performing in a sense, but the only difference is the role you're playing as yourself. Do you, did you ever have a moment where it hit you that, you know, your, your personality, like who you are has become your career and led to your success? Like, do you think of yourself as a brand? I don't, I don't. <laughs> That's why um, when you asked me V to be on this podcast, I was like, me, a brand? You know, I don't really think of myself in those terms. Which is what so many people don't, but we all are, we're selling ourselves every day. Mm-hmm. Especially in this age of social media. Yeah. I mean, we be the product yeah. that we're pushing. It feels like part of your success is on the fact that you are so authentically yourself. That's something that you've talked about. That's something you've talked about when you did your podcast. That's like a big thing is just having these real moments with people. I think you mentioned it's like going to the hair salon where all of a sudden you're down this like deep, dark corner talking about your life. Mm -hmm. um, I think and you're you like, I can't believe I can't believe I just yeah, told you that. I just told you that. Yeah. Yeah. But you provide that for people and you allow them to see how you think. Do you think that's a, a core part of why your morning show is so successful and your ability to resonate with people? Yeah, I think we try to make people feel safe to be who they are, no matter what that looks like. And a way that you do that is by not being afraid to show your own flaws mm. and not be self-deprecating, but acknowledge the fact that you're a human being and 
that some days your brain and your mouth aren't getting along <laughs> and they're not on the same page and words aren't coming out as easy as they did yesterday. Like, oh, I think I need more coffee. I'm dragging today. You know, like that's because I'm a human, you know, and I'm doing live radio. Mm -hmm. And so I try to, whereas some people would just try to skim past those moments and hope that other people didn't notice. I relish in the awkward, mm. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, did, did anyone hear what just came out of my mouth because it wasn't English? <laughs> we are cut from the same weird cloth. Yeah, <laughs> but that but that's why we're we're like two peas in a pod. I know two peas in a podcast. See, oh my god! Did you just name the episode? Yes, love that. Wow, um, you just touched on something too that I wanted to make sure we covered, which is everybody has moments in their life where they have to improvise. Whether that's if you're having a conflict with a human being, if you're having road rage, if you're composing an email, if you're in a meeting and you're kind of on the spot. But for a lot of marketers, we craft our messages, we refine it, maybe we A-B test it, maybe there's a focus group. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you thoughtfully release something into the world. You don't get that when you're live on the radio. No, that sounds like a luxury. Could you speak a little bit more about just the experience being live and not having the chance to edit something in post-production? Mm -hmm. Okay. I've had co-hosts who want to stick to more of a script. That's not the magic of radio. You know, like the magic of radio is what happens when your co-host says something completely unpredictable, you didn't expect it, and how are you going to react? That laugh in your belly that like, you're like, hold on, sorry. I know we have to continue, but I can't breathe. But that's also the best stuff because that's authentic. You can tell when something's forced. You can tell when people are acting. Mm -hmm. When you listen to you and Logan in the morning, you can tell that, you know, you guys are just having fun. And I would love for you to speak to that because a lot of people have interpersonal relationships and their careers, whether you're a CEO, you likely have a COO. If you're in marketing, you likely have a team you're collaborating with. Sometimes it's with people with other job functions. So the ability to collaborate with someone is so important. You're doing it live with another human being, mm -hmm. which is like the world's biggest trust fall. You also seem like you <laughs> have more- That's a way to put it. Right? You also seem like you have more fun than any coworkers I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, thank you. Can you speak to that partnership and what is the magic of how that collaboration works live on air? I love what you said, that it's the ultimate trust fall because it is so much trust. And it's a, it's a timing thing. It's a rhythm thing. We understand each other. We respect each other's ideas. Each of us come in on a Monday morning and we have stuff that's inspired us over the weekend. He reads me what he has. I read him what I have. And it's never, it's never like, a, we, we've been going with more of your ideas lately. So mm. let's do one of mine. Like, it's never like that. We both are, we want the show to be the best it can be. It doesn't matter who gets the laugh at the end of the day. It doesn't matter whose idea we went with. It's truly a joint effort. And I I believe that's why we work so well because we both feel that way. It's all about the the end product. You're on the same team. Mm -hmm. You guys know what the goal is. And I don't know if people who haven't worked in radio are aware that you also have a brand manager who's overseeing kind of the format, over the overall station, everything you're doing, the music you're playing. What is that collaboration like also working with a brand manager? Our brand manager, she makes sure that we're always staying on track and by that I mean who our key demographic is and part of that is an exercise of like well who is she mm. she's 38 years old she's got two kids and she's in the car driving them to school before she starts her crazy chaotic day we even named her her name's Amy 
And so you created a persona. We did. You know, this is a thing that marketers do. Oh, really? Yeah. You created more pers- common than I thought. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's why I wanted you to come on here. I wanted people to discover that too. That's exactly it. You're, you're, you're picking a persona, you're naming her and you're speaking to her mm-hmm. instead of everybody. Yes. Okay, continue. And it's, again, it's a one-on-one. Like, yeah. So every every topic, every contest that we run, it's all through the lens of Amy. Does Amy care about this? Does she think this is funny? Do her kids think this is funny? Do her kids think it's inappropriate? And then they're asking her questions. What does that mean, mommy? And we've ruined her day. You know, it's all these, like, we always keep her in mind and our brand manager will remind us of that if we stray. Wow. Because when Logan first started, um, he's eight years younger than me. Mm-hmm. He brings out my child within. And so we were told when we first started that it sounded like Disney radio. And so we needed to shift and adapt. And our brand manager is the one who, she's a fresh set of ears. She listens to the show all the time. I mean, we can't get away with anything. We try. And she'll be like, hey, you you know, you're leaving out Amy. Amy doesn't feel welcome anymore. So let's reframe and and make her feel welcome again. I feel like there's a misconception around radio also that, you know, people aren't listening to radio and they are. There are so many statistics out there. There's so much Nielsen data that is burned into my head from working in radio. Oh, God. Sorry but, for that. Oh, yeah. That's okay. I'm, I'm recovering. But we know, you know, eight out of 10 people above the age of 12 listen to terrestrial radio every week. I have to wonder, you being on the front lines of this industry, having those conversations with your brand manager about how you don't alienate a certain segment of your audience, how do you do that while still connecting to that next audience that you need to kind of hook and become loyal listeners to to keep the magic you have going. It's hard. It's hard to make everyone feel included in the party, to make our upper end, because that's what we call them, the upper end, feel welcome and that it's still the welcoming party that they grew up listening to. They're, I don't want to say they're easier to maintain, but it's muscle memory to get in the car and turn on mm. the radio. But for the younger we have to kind of be like, hey, we're cool. Come come to our party. And to make and to make it appealing, it's um being where they are, which is, you know, social media. And we've had a lot of younger listeners who, well, we don't love this, but they say, I don't listen to their show, but they're funny on TikTok. You know, and we're like, Well, try us, try our show too. You'll like that. Cause it's more than 30 seconds. You know what I mean? But that's how you that's how you start. How you get you're plant you're planting the seed. You mentioned something that I think a big core of our listenership maybe struggles with, which is figuring out how to get on TikTok, figuring out how to adapt your communication style on social media to try to do the thing. For you, the call to action is listen to us on the radio. Mm-hmm. and for Or on the app. Yeah, or, or on the app from anywhere. Mm-hmm. For someone in marketing or for someone who's representing a product or trying to sell something, it's buy my product or go to my website. Your call to action, again, is just tune into our specific frequency. How have you felt like social media has played a role in, you know, this this new show that you and Logan have launched? Well, it gives listeners the, the opportunity to connect with us, not just in the hours in which we're live on the radio. You know, he'll post pictures with him and his dogs or I bought a new house recently. I, I post on there about that. And it's just a, it's just another layer, another opportunity for them to see us somewhere outside the studio and connect with us on that level. And a lot of the great content that you and Logan are posting is around one of your big endorsements, brand partnerships. I mean, it's Duncan, baby. Oh, Duncan. Uh, you've been working with them for five plus years and that relationship has changed. Can you tell us about what the experience is having a brand partnership with the Duncan? Mm-hmm. Yes. Kira and Logan run on Duncan. Those are the facts. It's 
so easy to endorse something that is so seamlessly in your life. You can cut out the whole, oh, I have to learn about this product and try it for the first time and then mm. talk about it. No, I've been going through the Dunkin' drive-through. Like, I think I was born and went through the Dunkin' <laughs> drive-through, truly. And um, Dunkin' is so much fun to work with, especially we brainstorm about what we want to do for the videos. They let us go absolutely crazy with the videos, which is so much fun. But you see so many social media influencers who are endorsing products and you can tell it's exactly that it's partnerships with stuff that they don't give a shit about mm -hmm. and i feel like the audience can can tell we can tell you can tell that you were born in a dunkin drive through <laughs> and conceived no i'm just kidding <laughs> i feel like we can't leave this conversation without mentioning that you are the first woman to ever sit in that main chair i picture you having a golden microphone i know you don't we talked about how your microphone is a mind of its own but why is it not covered in rhinestones though yeah that's i'm really rethinking I, everything i think we got to reach out to to your brand manager and make that happen it feels like a missed opportunity <laughs> i should be channeling carrie underwood <laughs> but you are the first woman ever to lead wokq in the station's 50 plus year history first of all congratulations thank you and kudos because that is badass thanks i appreciate um, that how how did you get here and is that like a weight to carry <laughs> it's um no it's not a weight to carry i just I didn't really, if we're being honest, didn't see myself. And when I was in this job, I was like, I'll always be the co-host. I'll always be the second mic. Because that's what I bring, right? That's the energy I bring is color commentary. I'm fine not being the leader. Like This is my energy with, with Tom when we usually do the show. You're speaking to me. I always say I'm Andy Richter. Okay, yes. This is weird being but in you're, seat. Yeah, you're being the leader now. How does it feel? I like Pressure? it. I kind of want rhinestones on the chair. Mm, see, I know. All of a sudden, you'll have more, it's more. going to my head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You won't be able to fit through doorways. Your head will be so big. Yeah, we got to keep you humble and grounded. But, yeah, I didn't see myself really in that. It's not something I aspired to be, if that makes sense. There was a situation where my, my um, co-host before Logan was ready to retire I was so fortunate, you know, I, I got to work with a major market talent. When he left, I was actually in a position where I was like, wait a sec. Well, first I was like, oh God, what's gonna happen to me? It's just me. No one's gonna wanna listen to just me. Oh my God, I was like a tumbleweed. Like, what am I gonna do? Who, who are they gonna bring in next? Who's gonna be my next leader? And I was like, wait a second, why not me? You know, and so I, I marched into my, boss's office the day that he gave his notice because he told me he was going to and I was very transparent and um she was like what are we gonna do and I was like pull me in coach you know like I I think I'm ready fuck yeah Kira I feel ready to sit in that chair with the microphone that should have rhinestones on it I love that you also said why not me mm -hmm. as a side note if you ever write a book I feel like it should be called why not me <laughs> you like, think? That's, yeah because that's an aha moment for so many women that they don't Think about, we don't advocate for ourselves. We don't think we're ready. Imposter syndrome holds us back. Yeah. And you're right. A man would march in that room and go, put me on this goddamn show. And you you did that because you knew you were the right fit for it. Mm -hmm. You also had to kind of lean in and stick your stick your neck out there. Yeah. Um, well, so I kind of knew, and this sounds kind of conceited, that, that no one could do it better than me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'd been there for so long. I No one has a better pulse of the, our listeners and the community, like I've, I've done the work. So why bring in someone who's gonna have to learn it from the ground up when I've been here, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and you were also a, a sense of stability for your current listenership because 
you weren't going away, your role was transitioning and you were adding somebody new. Has your relationship with the audience changed since you've been first Mike? Yeah, it feels like the listeners and I have sort of been through it. You know, they were with me when my last co-host left and there was about a four month period where I was by myself and the listeners were my co-hosts, you know, and I was so thankful for them, like for sticking by me and like those uncertain times if we didn't know who was going to come in. And then we had, you know, we had some potentials and they'd come in as guests, you know, oh, Kira's friends here for the day, but they knew it was a live interview happening on the radio, which is so crazy. What a weird thing. No other... No, no interview process. No, is like that. Yeah, no other interview process is a hundred thousand people listening to it live. So that's kind of messed up. Sorry, Logan. Wow, I just kind of thought of that. That's crazy. Uh, but they they felt like they they watched my whole process unfold and were there for me. And and then they when I had Logan, they were like, "You and Logan are so great together." And I've been listening to you since. And they'll say like a few co-hosts back, and it almost feels like they've been with me through my history to uh, channel my inner T-Swift, all my eras. It's funny that you say that too. The last episode that we put out on the podcast was about Campbell's Soup and Cadillac and thinking about how these longstanding brands evolved to still be relevant, to reach a new audience, but not alienate their existing audience. And it sounds like you've found a way to keep your audience with you while you've navigated such big changes in your career, a pandemic, Mm. shifts to your show. To your point, one thing about radio is that our listeners are so personally invested. When they wake up on a Monday morning and the voices that they are used to aren't there, they take it personally and they feel like betrayed. Like, where are my besties? You know, like, where are my morning companions? They hate being left in the dark. Um, But I was fortunate in my transition my co-host was leaving on good terms and he got to say goodbye and sort of pass the torch on the air and say, Kira's not going anywhere. She's going to be with you. And so that's why there's loyalty there. You know, there was no secrets like, oh, my co-host is leaving and now I'm alone and no one's talking about it. That's what, that's what pisses him off. Mm-hmm. Can I say pisses off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think that was important. I was really fortunate for that because that's not always the situation. Lastly, because we're a branding and marketing show, as marketing evolves, uh, the brands that last, the brands that keep their market share, that gain their market share, that kind of come out of nowhere and take over are the ones that are truly able to resonate with their audience and make that connection. Based on your unique experience where you are a person who is also a brand, who is representing another brand, who has this responsibility to keep listeners engaged, keep that listenership at a certain level. I know ratings is something that, you know, you guys in radio pay close attention to. Mm -hmm. Do you have any final parting advice for whether it's a brand, whether it's people, whether it's your personification of your core listener, Amy? Um, Shout out Amy. Shout out Amy. Let's hope. (laughs) Do you have any advice for those personas, brands, people looking to engage and connect with an audience? Mm -hmm. Like I said, I really still am figuring it out. And I think that is so important to recognize for anybody. I think the minute that we act like we've got our industry all figured out is the minute we should probably hang it up. Like I love, I'm a student of radio. I love learning about it. I love talking to other people who do it, you know, picking their brain. And so I think that's important. I encourage people in any industry, marketing or beyond to do the same. And I think that don't feel like you have to be perfect. If your brand is yourself, your target demo audience, you know, who you hope to be consumers of your product, 
don't expect perfection and they don't connect with perfection because nobody is perfect. And bring it back to the days where my brain and my mouth aren't getting along. I just embrace the blah, 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 blah. Sorry, you know what I was trying to say. You know, like, and and people are like, oh, she's with me today. It's a Monday. It's a Monday-ish Monday. Kira's feeling it. I'm feeling it. I feel connected to Kira because we're having the same experience, the same human experience, not the same perfectly curated, airbrushed, edited experience. Because my show's live. And I want it to sound that way. If I if I didn't, if my show didn't sound live, why do I wake up at four in the morning? Why wouldn't I just pre-record it the day before? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well said. I'm here in the moment, living in the moment, and I want my listeners to feel like they're right along with me. If not, why am I doing it? Mm-hmm. Kira, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about everything we just went through, personal branding, authenticity, connecting with an audience, collaborating with who's on your team or your partner. This has been very insightful and I hope it has for everybody listening. This has been really fun. Why, thank you. I hope, well, it's been fun to do. I hope it's fun to listen to. Me too. My mom's going to love it. She's at least listening. Excellent. (laughs) Uh, If people wanted to keep hearing you talk after hearing that today, where can they find you? So you can listen to my show live. It is on our free 97.5 WOKQ app. Just search WOKQ in your app store. It is free. If it's free, it's for me. Also, if you're not a morning person, we have a daily podcast. Just search Kieran Logan in the morning, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we have every single morning show. Um, we publish it every day. It's about, it's about like 45 minutes to an hour, depending. And it's no music. It's just our content. Which my husband loves. I didn't because he hates country music. I also didn't even know that you did that. Oh, we do that. That's really what a smart way for the industry to like adapt and make that content accessible through podcasting. You just like we're trying. Yeah, we're trying. And um, you can follow our antics on WOKQ on Instagram and me at Kira Luhu on the gram. Kira, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And with that, we're out, folks. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, smash the subscribe button or listen wherever you get your podcasts. We're out of here.